Hello and welcome to the Pinch of Magic podcast with me, Rebecca Anuwin. I am delighted again to have another fantastic guest and today we are talking about one of my other favourite topics. So many favourite topics, it's really quite marvellous to be me, excited by so much of life. But today I'm joined by April McMurtry um, from The Moon Is My Calendar and I invited her because so many people in my community already have this phenomenal calendar and they're doing their moon mandalas every every month and I'm like oh let's get up it's April on and she graciously said yes so April welcome. Thank you so much thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about all things lunar loving and cycles. Cycles is what I really love. Um, even just before we started, we started going off down a really deep conversation. We're like, let's save it for the for everyone else. Let's save it for the podcast. So we stopped ourselves. So who knows what magical worlds we're gonna and realms we're gonna visit today. But let's go back to the beginning. When did you first become aware of cycles and actually start consciously working with them? Was there a moment when you're like, oh my gosh, there's this whole thing out there, you know, away mm. from West, Western society going production, 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 go, 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 which you know, doesn't really fit most of us very well. No. So I would say my work now, I refer back to when I was a child mm. and being in my the garden um, and really seeing like my father, um, he had a gardening business that he called April's Garden. Oh. Like just, it's very sweet. And I, I, I sort of attribute my understanding of cycles to just watching my dad. Mm. And it was never that he was like explicitly saying like, now it's time to turn the compost and, and put that into the soil. It's like, he was in tune with cycles in a way that um, I just got through the transmission. And so really like the compost pile, like all those things, I'm able to translate and understand almost any cycle based on that, um, really the harvest cycle, right? Mm. So the moon then is almost this gateway. It's, I think it's like a, it's a portal. And so for anyone who's listening that connects with the moon, it's like a way to, to have like a, on the human scale, an understanding of all cycles, how they move, how there's an opening, a beginning, like an expanding, the saying yes, and how there's also that time for saying no and for releasing and really digesting. And just like you said, our Western society doesn't give us that time to digest. Mm. And I think this all became very clear, like, Where's the starting point? Where's the origin? You know, the awareness, I think really in that, um, the initiation into motherhood where I couldn't get up to my old like antics of not respecting the time for needed for rest. Like I could just run on adrenaline. I could just be in this like creative chaos mode and it didn't have, you know, the kind of significant impact that it did once I had kids and I had mm. to just reorient and rearrange and really that's when the moon came in as a guide and as a teacher and as like a there's some lessons that you need to learn and the moon is going to help you with that and and I don't know if I knew that that was like explicitly what was happening but I can see in hindsight um you know it's been eight years since the first calendar wow yeah. and even then I was you know a classroom teacher and consulting and doing all these things I wasn't thinking like I'm going to start a business and create moon calendars. It was a side project along all of the other things that were, were going on. 
Amazing. I love that. It's oh, so much. Really randomly, there was a word that you used that probably no one else picked up on, but I was like, that's it. That's what happens in our Western society. And you use the phrase, we're never given time to digest. And we're not. And I always think of it as like, you know, we live in a society where it's like, go, 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 go. And like the resting and the stopping. And like, I always think of like the autumn because I like to think in seasons. But of course, even the compost, it's like a digestion, isn't it? And, I, and what just came to mind, again, really quite randomly, is here in the UK, many, many years ago, I think it was around Christmas time, there used to be the, don't let digestion get in the way. And it was like an advert for like chewy tablets. And it was like this guy water ste- skiing while eating like a leg of, like a, well, an enormous bird of chicken. And I was like, that's what it is, isn't it? We're never given the chance just to go, wow. That was quite huge what I went through. Or even if it wasn't, even if it was something quite small and just going, do you know what? That was significant still. Maybe not yeah. being compared with other people, but I just need a moment just to, it's, it is, it's to digest, isn't it? And that's why we have so many, probably so many stomach issues for people. Right. But they're not digesting life, their choices, their decisions, their, the highs and the lows and all of it. It's just like next, 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 next. Yeah. So again, all of that beautiful story. And I'm like, oh, the word digest. <laughs> it's like, that's what it is. Yeah. So what really spoke to you about, I always think of like the cal- the, the moon being a calendar and like giving us rhythm and the seasons and the moon give- keeping rhythm, keeping time. And I know that that's something that you're interested in. When did you really start to explore that? Was that after you had your child or something that you've been in like with your father perhaps? I know. I mean, well, so we can go back to in utero, like when my when I in my mom's womb. <laughs> um, going back, way back, um, she when she was pregnant with me, she traveled to Greece, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know if it was totally blasphemous, but it was like, wait, what is this pregnant woman doing traveling? You know, in the seventies without her husband or whatever, like whatever the oh my yeah. gosh, shock of it she's a very free spirit. And so she probably felt like, wow, I'm going to have a child and there's a whole world out there and who knows when I'll get to explore. And um, so she told me the story of, she would say to my dad, who was back here in California, you know, just look, whenever you feel distant, just know, look at the moon and then just know that I'm looking at the same moon and we're connected. And so when she told me that story, something just sunk in at this deeper level of, oh, that's part of this moon work. And even in utero for me of like this distance from my, my dad and her, you know, that the moon was this like connection between my parents. And I feel like it's a connection for all of life on this planet that we get Mm. to share this experience of cycles. And so, and even for myself, I didn't have an awareness of all the phases. I think like many, many people, I could tell just growing up, like when the full moon was, because it's the most obvious, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it was a full moon. But then after that, what happens? Most of the time it's like, okay, go on about daily life, whatever, as if the moon ceases to exist, <laughs> right? So what I've become really fascinated by is how is it that we connect with, stay present with each of the phases of ourself. Mm. And the moon can help us do that. And so when we're able to pay attention, and that's what started, you know, in deepening my practice was 
what if I paid attention and looked for the moon every single day of one cycle um, and saw the variation of when the moon was in the day sky and the night sky and um, connecting in with that rhythm. Um, it's just such this healing balm and the cycles happening, whether we are aware of it or know it or not. And most of, I don't know, I forget because I think about this 24 seven, like most people are walking around with like zero awareness of what's going on with the moon. So I'm over here on my soapbox being like the moon, the moon, the moon, but it's this deeper. I think like what you were saying in, in picking out that piece of digestion, like really whatever ails you, whatever ails me, like the moon has some um, wisdom to mm. impart, but it takes listening. Um, so I think I really started listening. It was after motherhood. I think that was like the strongest initiation. Um, I started meeting on the new moon with my dear friend, Sita Davis. We had both had just, just had kids and um we just sort of like got, got this anchor and often I didn't even know when the new moon was. I was like, how do you find out these things? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, which calendar, like who has this information? Um, and then we would just meet as this anchor on the new moon for many years, many, many years before there was the moon is my calendar. Mm. So that led into, Oh, this is a practice. Oh, this is like a spiritual practice. Oh, this is like a really practical way of working with time and cycles and understanding life on the planet and all of that. So there's many threads, mm. many, many threads, but I think that that kind of longing for connection and belonging. Um, I mean, the moon's like a messenger, like a visitor, like, because it's the, you know, in terms of the the planets, even though it's, you know, it qualifies as a planet in astrology, just the quickest moving, one of the quicker moving cycles um, to visit, like to check in and visit like all yeah. parts of the sky and all parts of the, the globe. I mean, when I've worked with the moon, I've done all sorts of like fancy things, <laughs> you know, like putting stones in and out of jars to like notice them coming and going. But the uh-huh. one practice that has stayed with me for the longest time is... <laughs> Every single night when I go to bed, I open my curtains because they'll always be closed or any Friday and I'll peek out and I'll just see where the, I'll look out to look where the moon is. And I know some days the moon isn't there. And I'm like, oh, I know where we are in the cycle. And sometimes it's like glazing at me like, like a, a spotlight. And it's just like my way of just connecting into the ebbing and the flowing of the cycles and knowing it's going to be there. And it, like you said, you use the word connection, but it's like a right, it's, for me, it's like a real comfort that that mm-hmm. cycle, no matter what's going on in my life, whether it's highs or lows or like exhaustion or jubilance, it's like, it's still going <laughs> regardless of what's going on with me. There's that stability of now I, in the UK here, we have very clear seasons, <laughs> unlike you in California. So I really love working with the seasons, but like you said, the moon's just quicker. <laughs> Don't have to wait for I don't know, mm-hmm. spring to start something new. It's like, oh, I could just wait a couple of weeks if I want to be gone the 1st of January. It's like we just come back to our own, finding our own natural rhythm. And I just think for me personally, when I started working with the moon or really just looking at cycles, but I'd anchor into the moon. Oh, it's a new moon today. How am I feeling? Oh, it's this moon. How am I feeling? And checking in with myself daily. It's like since I was 16, 
Mm. I've always been fascinated in like personal growth, personal development. I have no idea where that came from. I came from a very small seaside fishing village, but very much the, the sea, the, the 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 tides, whether I could get the ferry to go to work when I was at, you know, at school or whether I'd have to walk the long way around. I've always been like connected in with that. But I've always said, you know, oh my gosh, the courses, the quizzes, the books, all of the things that I did to like try and find who I was, what, I, what my life purpose was. As soon as I started charting and working mm-hmm. with the moon, noticing how I, I'm like, that was the most profound personal development that I have ever done in my life. And that was something I could do with a planner like yours, a calendar like yours, or a notepad that was free. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, I can do this myself. I don't have to go on a retreat to the other side of the world to find myself. It was like, I learned so well, I still do. I learned so much about myself, how I interact with the world and the seasons and the cycles and just myself and my quirks through the act of noticing and using that moon as an anchor point. I just think I just could go on about it forever. <laughs> it's I like, know. come on, I'm... people, get charting, get the calendar. Oh, Links people. in the show notes. <laughs> it's very, I mean, I love in just talking with like kindred, kindred moon spirits and lunar charting tracking folks because it's hard sometimes to articulate or put into words how profound it is Mm, for something that takes a moment a day really and really a minute or two and it's the consistency and I would say before working with the moon I really didn't have that consistency in my Mm. life it's like how do I do that it was just like lots of many things distraction and noise and Ah. Yeah. which is just accelerated. And so having, having, it's almost like this, it is a container, like it's a yeah. way to, yeah, to feel held. Um, and I it think is. So- it's like a sacred altar, isn't it? It's like you take a moment of pause and it's an altar that you're creating with yourself rather than for, I don't know, a deity or an element or for the household. It's just like, it's your own personal moment to come back home to yourself. It's like, isn't that an amazing gift to give yourself? And it literally, t- well, for me, sometimes it's like 30 seconds. How am I feeling today? Crap. <laughs> or amazing. And that's all I need to know. And other days it's like, actually, how am I feeling today? And and I think that's one of the questions that I'm still, I guess, sadly might be the right word, shocked by when I say to people, how are you feeling? And they're like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're feeling, oh, I'm fine. No, no. How are you really feeling? And then that's often met with tears because we get into that, let's call it the sun energy of being dynamic and moving and moving and moving and moving, that we often leave our actual feelings and emotions and what we actually, dreams and desires, behind in the background. We're moving so fast, it can't catch up. So by taking a moment just to go, actually, how do I feel? And, you know, Mm -hmm. to start with, that might be a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. It's a practice and we just show up again and again and again. And it gets easier and easier and easier. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, if, if, you know, for someone who's used to taking care of others, mm. and I'll find myself, even now, I'll find myself doing this when, like, what's the reference point of how am I doing? Well, if everyone else around me is okay, then I'm okay. Right. Mm. Basically, you know, it's, I think, I just feel like we're always in relationship, but to be in relationship with ourselves, like our inner landscape, to really go there, it's like the moon is this, can draw us into those places, those, and those mm. emotional realms that, yeah, I found, you know, 
like how many of us are so good at overriding our own feelings or our own better, like we've made plans, don't quite feel up for it, but we feel obligated and oh, it, you know, caretaking the other person. I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I can't, you know, say I'm not up for it. I feel like I've given myself more permission of like, mm, even this would be amazing and wonderful and made a plan. If I'm not feeling in alignment, I already know through charting that when I override my inner knowing, I will get sick. I will get something, some accident, something will happen. And it's because of the awareness of connecting those things, the inner world, the outer world, that I can see the connection and then be more in choice. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's part of the, um, right. Like what's the benefit? Like sometimes it's like, well, why should I care about the moon? Like Mm. it's, the moon's always in different places and I have so much else going on and all this stuff, but it's like, no, there's so much benefit. Yeah. There's so many benefits because it's realigning with a natural cycle that helps us like to have a mirror to see into ourselves. I mean, you know, all this, we're yeah. just sharing because it's like, yeah, spread. everyone needs to hear it. And the thing is, even if you've heard it 50 times, I guarantee you'll pick up something different. Cause you're like, Oh, like me today. You're like, Oh my God, digestion. That's it. It's like, how many times have I written about, written, learned, studied about the moon and harvest seasons? And I'm like, digestion, that's that's the piece. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, feel free. But I, th- I think, again, talking about what you were just talking about then, it's like, it's all about the moon and it's nothing about the moon, isn't it? It's like, it's there, but it's really about that relationship with self. And when you're talking about like, still saying yes to those plans that you don't want to do. It's like one of the things that I learned through charting. So anyone listening, if you ever find yourself going, oh my God, I hope they cancel, fingers crossed they cancel. And you're finding yourself with that energy. It's like, just try. I always go for three months because three is a bit of a magic number of charting. Because what you'll notice is someone will say, Rebecca, there's this party going on. Do you want to go? And I'm like, that sounds brilliant. Because, you know, I'm in full moon energy. And I'm like, yeah, we can like party till it's four o'clock in the morning again. You know, pretending I'm 20 still. And, you know, do all those things. And it's amazing. And then it comes to it. And maybe by then I'm in my waning energy. And I'm like, holy broomsticks, what on earth did I say yes to? And you can you can end up feeling a bit flaky or like a fraud or like a bad friend or just like you're a terrible person. And actually, if I just checked my calendar <laughs> and gone, oh yeah is that really a good thing to say yes to or should I be saying do you know what I can't really do then but a week later how about you and I grab dinner (laughs) or if someone if you've got a big presentation at work and you're like oh no I'm in my lowest energy we'll say no to everything else get your food brought in meal prep make sure you've got early nights and nail that meeting whereas if You've got that meeting and you're in full moon energy and you could say yes to the party, do the presentation and an interview at the same time, sailed through all of it. And I just think it's just like, you know, your business, like the moon is my calendar. And it's like, yes, (laughs) because it is. It's like your own rhythm. We spend so much of our lives to the schedules of other people, whether it's a nursing child, (laughs) whether it's the school run, whether it's a nine to five job, whether it's other people's expectations. And it's like, we forget that inner rhythm and the moon just reminds us that there's another way. Doesn't mean we have to step away from society and say, be gone nine till five, unless of course that suits you. Um, But it does allow us to manage that so much more effectively. And I think sometimes people don't trust it because it's so damn easy. Well, once you, once you start and find that kind of like natural, like, oh, this is what I should be charting rather than 
it being super complex, which unfortunately sometimes our world values a little bit more. Oh, it was hard work. It must be worthy rather than sitting down for two minutes at the end of the day to go, actually, how did I feel today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll often, I'll often chart in the morning to reflect back on the previous day. Mm. The thing is like, how does this practice like weave into, into your life? And does it, and I think there's some people who are like in the evening as like a reflection of the day. And mm. for me, working with the moon helped me to, I don't know, become a morning person. I think part mm. of this journey has been like how to come out of depletion, like how to come out and actually wake up in the morning feeling like it's a new day. I can start fresh because I mean, it's night and day when I think of myself like eight years ago, I would not get out of bed. I was like one more snooze and my kids, I'm hungry, mom, it's time to go to school. And I'm like, no, please don't make me face the day. Feeling like feeling overwhelmed from the, the minute the morning starts. And so I knew it's like, you know, trying to turn the Titanic or if there's a better metaphor of the slow movement of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get myself out of this like downhill depletion mm. to be able to kind of like, and this relates to cycles because often how we're feeling in one moment of the cycle is this echo or reflection of how the previous stages or phases of the cycle lead into that. So it's almost like having to back up, back up to, well, how is my evening? If my morning is difficult, like what's happening in my evening and Mm. orienting, like reorienting. So that process took quite a while. Um, And yeah, so it's one of those things. It's like, number one, it's not overnight. And maybe for some people it is, but in my experience, it's like a, it's a journey and some of that deeper change and deeper work, it takes time because to have something that's long lasting and really, really that's like deep change that could take some time. And I think we're sold other things that are like overnight success. Like all <laughs> I'm like, really? Days 30 days. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's just a part of it. Something that occurred to me when you were talking about like connecting with the moon. I mean, another dimension of this for me is like my birth chart is ruled by the sun. I grew up in an area that's called Sun Valley. My swim team, I was a mascot and I was the solar man, mascot of my swim team. And so there was a lot of that solar energy, mm. you know, and with like being athletic and being strong and being competitive and being more in this way solar mode that just felt like it maybe came more naturally to me when I was younger that it really was coming in with motherhood and with the moon to be like, you need to balance out. And I don't necessarily, I know some people like use the language or relate it to like masculine feminine um, attributes. And I've always just thought of it in terms of like solar and lunar Mm. because yes, there is like a, a softness to the moon. You can be out in the full moon and the light is like nectar. Like it's like, just like dripping, like, there's just something really, um, you know, it's not harsh. Yeah. So that's, I don't know this and everyone can have their own, um, way to relate, but I feel like it's not necessarily feminine because that it's 
that language, I guess, doesn't help me. For me, what helps is like the solar and lunar understanding. In some cultures, the moon is the masculine, the sun is the feminine. So, you know, it's a very Western thing to say, to to relate the the male and the female with that. Um, But yeah, no, I really love that. And and to be honest, sometimes the full moon for me is sometimes a little bit much. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, would you turn your light down, please? (laughs) It's like, I don't need a spotlight shone on me right now. Thank you very much. Which is interesting because I was born just before a full moon I have cancer moon and cancer rising I have loads of cancer in my jar and I'm like but I very much relate to being a solar person you know with like very lots of drive lots of energy lots of creativity and yet for me the moon is very much that intuitive energy and that is my superpower (laughs) it's like that that moon that moon energy from that aspect or from the holding space kind of energy Mm -hmm. is like that's where my kind of chart is like ching 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 let's do this this is this is what you this is what you do lady um so I think that's always really fascinating as well that is when I was younger it's like oh the solar and even now it's like I came up with an idea yesterday I've created it today it's going to go live tomorrow it's like boom and Uh, yet it's that that moon energy that started it and I think one of the things I guess I can sound terribly British right now one of the things that makes me incredibly cross is when we like society teaches us to fear the darkness And of course, I don't want people walking down some dodgy street where they're putting themselves in danger, but it's like the darkness is within us. It's our superpower. It's our magic. It's where we heal. It's where we, I always say all the good stuff happens in the dark. Like when you kiss, kiss your partner and it's like, you close your eyes and it's like the healing, it's the intuition, it's the magic. It's like all of that power is within us in the darkness, but because we can't put it under a microscope, it's dismissed. And we need that solar, we need the intellect, we need the drive, and we need the intuition and the rest and, you know, the other side. And so, yeah, that's when I get terribly cross. I'm like, can we stop, like, demonising the darkness? It's like we should be embracing the darkness. And I think that's when sometimes the moon gets dismissed, isn't it? It's like, oh, there it is. But I can remember my first memory of the moon, of, like, hearing about, like, the moon impacting us. Again, I grew up in a Cornish fishing village and it was like heavily relied on tourism. And I can, <laughs> my parents owned hotels and restaurants. And my mum said one night, she goes, oh no, it's the full moon tonight. She goes, they're all going to go crazy. And I went, what? She goes, oh, there's this one guy that plays Skittles with the bar stools every full moon. She goes, he is like the epitome of lunatic. And I was like, oh my God, yes. And then many, many, many years later in the UK, there's a city called Brighton down on the south coast of the UK. It's a very, very arty place. It's fantastic. And the police force, they staff their teams according to the moon. So when we had, like, there was there was this antisocial behaviour conference in another world that I was involved in. And the the guy, the chief constable or whatever he was, came up and said, I know this is going to sound a little bit weird, but they put more people on patrol under a full moon and the antisocial cases of antisocial behaviour dropped. You can Google this and you can find it in the broadsheets in the UK. This was a real... And everyone was like, are you mad? And he was like, I know it sounds sounds very bizarre, but it's true. 
My sister's a mental health nurse and she's like, oh God, it's the full moon. The only time she's been attacked was on a full moon. It's like, this governs us all the time. We are better to go in with our eyes open and go, oh yes, tensions are going to be a little bit higher right now. Or the opposite. Oh my, if you run teams, oh, the energy is going to be a little bit lower. They might need a little bit of sugar <laughs> to, to keep them going, taking that pineapple for them, whatever it is, you know? So I think there's, it's a very, very practical tool. And I think sometimes it gets dismissed as being a little bit uh, like, oh, ethereal or way out there. And yet these are impacting us on a daily, daily basis. And even the highest, like the highs and lows, like that mm. height, just thinking about the tides themselves. You know, I come like I've just come across a lot of research, like both ways, both of like the height, like the um, just those highs and lows, like there being more or less and having just, yeah, the different research. So I think really with all of this, it's self-study. Like, what is your experience? What do you experience and live with your own life rather than saying like, oh, well, so-and-so said the full moon is going to be intense and this and that. So then feeling that because somebody else said it's going to be a certain way, when I think we become our own authority and we have our own like inner authority when we do the lunar charting, when we yeah. practice self-study. And, and again, it's like it's self-study, you know, and I use that word like translated from the Sanskrit of Swadhyaya of like one of just a yogic principle of like studying both like studying the self, studying texts. I know for me is like studying the cycles. Mm in relationship with nature. So we're not isolating ourselves. I think like a lot of maybe the self-help world is like human-based. It's so human-based. And I'm like, let's expand out to like beyond the more than human world, right? Yeah. So that we're in relationship, which is, it's lifelong. And I don't know, you, I don't, you've probably had this experience of like, it never gets old. I'm still surprised. Like when I see the moon or caught off guard, I'll just be oh, this real sense of awe, like breathtaking, like it doesn't get old as many times as I, you know, I used to have dates with the moon. Once I started going steady with the moon, <laughs> I was, okay, all right, moon is going to set, you know, when in the early, in the waxing crescent, like moon's going to set, can I get out before dinner and just get mm. a quick before, you know, sort of planning. There were several years that I really planned all my, my evenings around moon sets, moon rises, moon sets. And you know, even my kids, I would bring them along with me for a little moon yeah. hike. There got to be a point where like, mom, <laughs> moon, again, really? Do we have, like, they'd seen it before. And I'm like, no, fresh mm. eyes, like fresh eyes. It's new. It's a new experience. It's a new moment every time. So. So how else do you kind of embed the moon? or the practices into your like everyday life? Yeah, such a good question. And I love how you said like doing all the fancy things with like crystals and all that stuff. You know, sometimes I feel moved to do something, yeah. you know, but it's um, it's kind of, it's listening to that inner voice and intuition. I'm such a lazy witch. I'm like, if there's an easier way to do it, <laughs> it's like, let's make it easy. <laughs> yeah, so I will, you know, sometimes like, just for the waning time, like I may accumulate or just have some papers or letters or some things that I will save or set aside to burn before the new moon, like in the waning time. So I'll sort of plan 
um, and like gather up some things um, and then do that according to the lunar cycle, but really practical ways. And even, you know, when my kids were little, once I started getting more into the rhythm, I was like, what can I apply this to? And maybe that's a good question, you know, for everyone listening is like, Mm. area of your life, would you want to apply this to? And that can change over time. Because I used to go to the public library and check out like mountains of books. My children could not get enough of like storybooks. And I love pictures. So I was like, I was, I was there for it. That time of my life has passed. And I have some like, even just saying it and remembering that I'm like, oh, it's like missing and longing. Um, But at that time, I was like, are these books due? How long ago did I check them out? Like, oh my gosh, I aligned it with a lunar cycle. So I would check out books on the new moon. And then I knew however long, I forget how long they give you for their checking out, but I would either return them by the the full moon or the next new moon. Mm. So I could have this like reference point rather than, was it March? Or, you know, like the, <laughs> what yeah, that didn't register as much as the, I will check out the fresh new books and we'll read them for this time. And then by the full moon is kind of the like, let's close mm. this. So that's a really beautiful, even you just saying that, I'm just like, oh, I just felt my whole body just kind of like sink back into it and be held by it. Because I mean, don't get me wrong. I do love a Monday because I can work out, you know, oh, it's Monday today. That That is quite useful, particularly on the school run. Um, but yeah. But if you'd said, oh, did I check these books out on the 10th or the 15th? But just to go, oh, hang on a minute. Let me just peek at the moon. Oh, we're, we're still fine. I can't see it still. We've still got days. <laughs> it's like, oh, there it is. Yeah. I also like we have two cats and um, somehow I got in the rhythm of giving them their flea medication mm. on the floor. So if I see them start like scratching and I know the full moon is coming, I'm like, okay, make sure I have the flea medication, get ready, sort of plan ahead. Um, again, so I'm giving it to them on the, on the full moon. And it could be any other phase, I suppose. I don't know if there's a better one or not, but it's just the... It's quite obvious though, isn't it? And I think if you are ever starting to work with the moon, the new moon and the full moon are brilliant ones to work with because they're so obvious before you start going, oh, but there's typically eight phases of the moon. Which one do I do? I'm like, no, no, just even just start like you started, like just start with the new moon. That's it. Don't do anything else. Just notice, check in with yourself. How do you feel? It's the new moon. Because... Yes, I talk about this a lot. And I'm like, but don't listen to me because in the full moon, my body is energized. Sorry, in the new moon, my body is energized. And in the full moon, I'm like, oh, no, I need to rest right now. So I'm actually typical from, uh, sorry, opposite the archetypal energy of the moon. But that's good for me. It's good that I know that. (laughs) You know that through lunar journey, right? Rather than like listening to, I think when we become our own experts, then we can know what is needed at different times, have the Mm. awareness. And sometimes I'll get super creative and energized on the new moon. And then similarly, like the full moon is like this duck and cover, like, oh no, so exposed. Like, so it's like, well, I think as well, I live in the countryside, again, being terribly British and it's, there's no streetlights. It's black, you know, it's just like real darkness. And I always think that living in this area, 
when the full moon comes out, you're like, this is why they had full moon parties. It wasn't because everyone was energized. It's because they could see, <laughs> you know, from a very practical point of view, you could walk to the bonfire and dance around it because you could actually see where you were going. So I always think you know, it is like full moon beach parties and the energy is like the fullest. And it's true. And for some people, they're like, let's go. And for some of us, we're like, oh, turn that light down, please. <laughs> but again, <clears throat> there isn't one that's better than the other. It's just whatever's right for you. And I'm sure that maybe over time that will change again for me. But right now, every new moon, I'm like, oh, doesn't it feel like a full moon? <laughs> it's like really boring every single time. Oh, it does feel like a full moon right now. And the new, and when it gets to the full moon, I'm like, oh, it feels a bit new moonish. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've create my own cycles it's brilliant so do you which moon phases do you typically work the most with or notice the most do you like to work with the four phases do you like to work with the eight phases or do you just see whatever takes your fancy that week month year so I'm just I'm putting together a slideshow right now I'm going to teach a class on Friday that's like a culmination of maybe four years of different things that I've taught mm. and the slides is about like how many phases are there. And I think sometimes like I'm not really hung up on it because I know it's like this human construct. Yep. We like, like we like our systems and structures, April. <laughs> I want to intellectualize it first before I will let, me, let myself live it. <laughs> Which is great. That's different styles of learning, but yeah. And, and to appreciate like there is like, for the logical way of like the mind wanting to understand. And like mm -hmm. with all of the moon work, I could not get my mind to wrap around. Like I was trying to study from more of like an astronomical and scientific and the mechanics of like, I was what's happening. Mm. And I, realized I can only, my way of learning is kinesthetic and visual and I need to feel it in my body. And I need a like, a lived experience feeling of it because my mind like things go in and out of my mind and even with the with the moon and cycles and all of that like there's things that I know that I've revisited but it doesn't stick in my mind the way that that it does in mm. my mind um and so yeah it's that feeling of the orbit and so it's this constant shifting changing movement and even the new moon and full moon are these like momentary points in time that are just a passing like it's passing through mm. so how we kind of make this concrete you know the new moon being like zero degrees of no light being shown back to earth and this alignment with the sun and the earth you know it's this moment so it's powerful it's like the clock striking midnight or something like it's this powerful marking of a moment um, and yeah, I, I think because I s just in like tracing the, the threads of this journey, like starting with the full moon as a young, like as a child and my mom saying like, look, the moon is following us home. Like the most mm. obvious, look out the window, see the moon is following us home. Then the new moon is that anchor in early motherhood. And then really what it's become is like, how can I be with every phase? every phase and so last it was last year or the year before I feel like I like made my master's thesis or like my PhD in recording I recorded like an audio meditation sort of inquiry reflection every single day of the lunar cycle 
and to really feel into like what is the tone like what is the tone of the like the early beginnings and then the kind of the in between when the crescent isn't yet the first quarter and so playing with this like what is not yet um and like what's beginning what's ending like all of those things so and I like to rename the moon phase the phases anyway because gibbous like how warm and cozy is the word gibbous um like it's just bulging like okay we're calling the moon bulging like that's a really yes that's how it looks but you know after the full moon I like to really think of like looking at the moon there's nights where the moon looks like it's a piece of rotting fruit. Like mm. it's got one, like one of the sides of it's a little squished, like part yeah. of it's still, round, but then it's starting to squish. And again, that goes back to that composting and the digesting and the breaking down. So yeah, if I was in charge, I would give all of the, the lunar phases um, more poetic. I mean, I guess I do more poetic and then personal names. Yeah. So that's more of what I like to share. But, but even calling it bulging, it's like that has a visceral effect and it brings something to mind, doesn't it? But like you say, when you're like gibbous, you're like, oh, which way is that one again? What's happening? It's like um, in my community, every full moon, when I remember, I always get them to like to connect in with themselves. And I'm like, what would you call this full moon? What's going on in the world around you? And like just the one just gone, it was like, we've I've got um, the daffodils are up. The snowdrops were just starting to die back. The, the daffodils had come up. The purple crocus has come up. And I was like, oh, it's that vibrant energy. So for me, that particular moon. And it's like, and how are you feeling as the changes around you are happening? And so we go through and rename all of, I hadn't thought about like doing the quarters or the or the eights, but it's like we renamed the full moons. And it's, it's fascinating. Once you've done a whole year and then you go back again, you're like, oh God, it's exactly the same. Or, oh, the bluebells were a bit early this year, aren't they? But you get that intimate connection with like your space, you and the land around you. And I think what I've found with people, when you can start having that connection with like the land that we live on, rather than going, oh, the Celtic calendar or the, you know, the native um, First Nations calendars are doing this. It's, it's like, oh, this is mine. And people have that sense of belonging, which I think is so missing from society, that belonging connection. And they suddenly start to look after the land that they're living on and they're tidying up after themselves or tidying up other, other people because you suddenly have a reverence or or just a, just a deeper connection to the land. And it's like, oh, I know the hedges are going to be changing to this colour this week or this month or, or then it's going to go to this colour. And I think it's, for me, that's a really magical way to live in mm. relationship rather than because I think we do forget we are nature sometimes don't we we live in our thank goodness for me centrally heated probably you air conditioned you know <laughs> spaces and you know at night I close my door and I feel very safe and I get in my car and I can travel and that's I love that I wouldn't do, be without look at us now connecting over the internet it's like I wouldn't be without any of that but I think it has removed us from the fact that we are actually nature <laughs> we are just little creatures with clothes on um and so what happens out there is just a reflection of what's happening within us and the more we have that relationship it's not about being in control but I just think there's like a there's a harmony to it and even if you're feeling really rubbish you're like oh it's okay it'll it'll, it'll go you know because <laughs> that's what happens everything cycles and the other thing I think it really helps us with as well 
is when maybe some of your clients have seen this as well when people are like I thought I dealt with this issue why is it coming up again and it's like because we're cycling deeper we know we're not you're not the same person anymore what's that phrase you don't step in the same river twice or something isn't it and it's like you're just spiraling up or down however you want to see it as like a conical shape rather than going I thought I'd learned my lesson but I hadn't but every full moon is different you're different the world around you is different everything's changing and I think even that helps us to accept change and accept that sometimes we have to go through the same thing again and again until we actually learn embody or move through whatever it is until we've digested it that's been my new favorite word until we've digested that thing because <laughs> if someone asks how are you doing I'm digesting a lot right now <laughs> Okay. <laughs> They'd soon leave you alone, wouldn't they? Okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, go, go, ahead, go and do that. It's a returning, right? And that's, I mean, that's sort of the beauty in what you're describing too, is like this returning to the full moon and who am I on this full moon and, and how is the world around me different on this full moon? And um, I love this, this, you know, the word phenology. Is this the... um is exactly that, but like the lunar phenology of what plants are budding. Mm. And so I just, in my, so in the new moon calendar and journal for this last new moon, um, I drew my grapevine, just a little like reference of the grapevine and those little bundles of like leaf packets when they're all tight before they open up, we're just peeking through mm. what looks like this dead sticks coming out of the ground. I mean, the grapevine, some plants really go all the way. Like <laughs> they embrace it. <laughs> like, I'm, out of, I'm done. I am not working mm -hmm. until, I'm, until there's that encouragement from um, a little bit of sunshine, warmth. <laughs> soggy. I mean, I called this new moon a soggy new moon because I'm <laughs> soggy. I feel soggy. Like, We've had 10 winters worth, I'm making that number up, but 10 winters worth. We blew up the recording, but we are back. And so, yeah, soggy, the soggy moon or the damp moon, isn't it? Because you've been having atmospheric rivers. I had to, I mean, we live in a very wet country, but I had to Google what atmospheric rivers were. You've had a lot of rain. Yeah. yeah. It's like my, my understanding of California does not have rain. <laughs> not to that degree anyway. There's these larger cycles. So the year that I was born, my mom mm. said I was born at, I like my birth um, ended the drought and that there was very, very heavy winters after that, you know, so this, this other cycle of dry and wet and yeah, so much of that is all turned upside down in our world. I think, I know because we override the cycles. Yeah. And want everything in season all the time They're inconvenient for us because i can't get my bananas avocados pineapples whatever it may be yeah. yeah and so how to how to make sense of that we've set up something that's set us on this course and i still eat bananas and so i'm like what are the things that can really make a difference to help just like that seasonality right like the year of seasons, the lunar seasons, I feel like this work can help bring many of us who were, you know, had sort of like a ruptured relationship um, with cycles to come back into 
an understanding and alignment and, and live in a way that's more seasonal. Um, and then the variables, there's our carport flooded. So my birthday's on New Year's Eve. So I was born in this like, you know, sort of arbitrary marking of the end and beginning of the Gregorian calendar and year. Um, New Year's Eve, it was nonstop rain that our carport flooded and just made this like lake. Um, so that was, a, that was a first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, 30, yeah. well, you know, decade cycles. And it is fascinating, isn't it? Even when we look back over history, there are repeating patterns obviously the situation and circumstances look very different i was just sharing before the call started it's like i'm going through this like huge plutonian transit but also we're going through a generational my generational transit of pluto on libra right now for all of those gen x's out there which is another significant one as you know i have um a libra ascendant and it's um no um node north node and i was like so i've got all this like pluto there pluto opposite my son in my son oh it's just it's just like crazy plutonian energy i'm like oh if i come out of this i'm gonna be a megastar you know <laughs> of like helping people go through transitions it's yes. phenomenal but we look at this and we're like oh the last time we had this planetary like even pluto into aquarius right now i have aquarius sun it's like oh activated again and it's like the last time we had this kind of like revolutionary energy is like, oh, have a look what happened in Europe, folks. Um, French Revolution. And there's like lots of stuff. It's just cycles and cycles. And I don't know whether that brings us comfort <laughs> to go, oh, yeah, look, we're just doing the same thing again. Whether it brings us an awareness or whether we go, hold on to your broomsticks, people. <laughs> we're in for an interesting ride. <laughs> Where, where do you sit with all of that? You know, I feel like it gives it gives this perspective of mm. life is change. Yeah, you know, and anytime somebody asked me about the Pluto transit, and I was like, you know, working with the Moon is a training ground, and it's a great training ground to start with because it's your daily life, and it's because it's like your lived experience. And when we when we have planets that are generational planets, it's like a bigger cycle with you know, how the impacts are going to look on a larger scale, mm. it's going to play out. And so to be with the energy, with the awareness of how do I want to be, maybe that's the question, you know, I'm going to ask myself, but just put out there as the inquiry is like, how do I want to be with the energy of Pluto and Aquarius? Yeah. You know, anytime, and maybe it's setting an intention. And I feel like intentions are those things of like on the navigation in a, in a ship or like, here's the intention is like the North star. Like, here's what I'm, what I'm moving towards or aiming for. I'm aiming for hoping. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is like, what I would yeah. like. Yeah. This is, this is the direction. This is the direction that I'm headed. And so with, to sort of speak of those energies of like, here's Pluto, the transformer in Aquarius, which is also the revolutionary, like that, energy of the death that comes before a rebirth that could be frightening i think especially like you were talking about earlier of the fear of the dark of like mm. the line of the dark and death and things that are taboo or unknown um i feel like the last thing i would want that to be is like to instill any kind of a fear 
because it's all necessary. Yeah. And uh, what I had um, an astrology reading when I got just before my birthday, my birthday's in January. And I thought, oh, I wonder what's coming up for the year ahead. And this woman's like, oh, you have a lot going on. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And she said, one of the things I've got going on my chart, she said, someone, I think it was like uh, Pluto and my son. And she, <laughs> more Pluto. And she said, they actually moved to the other side of the world because they didn't want to go through that kind of transit. And I'm like, you're joking. I'm born for this. You know, it's like, this is what I'm here for. And, but again, it's like, I, like you said, it's like, because you work with the moon and you're going, oh yeah, everything changes. Everything changes. It's part of the thing. It's like, I'm not afraid of the dark. Yes, I will let go. Yes, it will make me feel uncomfortable or sometimes I might cry or grieve about it. But it's equally, that is part of the process. And so when we're, uh, luckily the stuff that I've seen, you know, posted about Pluto energy right now hasn't been like scary scary it's just like yeah let's do this because it that's what it is isn't it society does need a little bit of a revolution right now it does need to be wider inclusivity for people <laughs> and it's like some of the systems and structures haven't been working thanks capricorn um and so now that you know there is a little bit of a need for change and so i think when we're aware of that and we're setting the intention it's like we can then help to forge that change but we can't do it if we're just terrified or checking out or doing something to distract ourselves because it might be uncomfortable. And it's like, come on, people. It's like, we're here now. It's like, I was chatting to my friend today. I want that, like on my tombstone. It's like, she was born for this time and now she's clearly ready for the next bit, the next thing. And it's like, because it is, it's like, that's why I keep telling myself. It's like, we're born for these times. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, and that part of the collective care, I mean, that's, I just feel that even now so strongly in the United States of like, who's, who is included and have access to like their full humanity mm -hmm. and the full respect. And it's like, yeah, those, the energies that are like, so just bringing down, I'm like, why are they in power? Okay, so Pluto also brings us into relationship with power, with power dynamics, with yeah. like the side of power politics and religion let's not forget those as well yeah and those our own inner power let's not dehumanize people so i think you know if we get this right which of course we're going to it will be about remembering people are humans in all of their humanity i like to think um because, because what else what else is there <laughs> it's like let's yeah Intentions set sail. Let's go. <laughs> and the like the misguided part of like of that like control and only having access for like a small few and that yeah. Mm. What's what's going what is where are the openings? I guess that's what I look for too, is like where are those openings? Where is where is the energy wanting to like flow open and um, and I think of Aquarius too, of like the movement, right? The movement of the sound waves, the movement of the sound current, the movement of mm -hmm. like Aquarius is so interesting because you're like, how is it a water bearer and it's an air sign? Really, this? <laughs> We're I mean, just I, imparting I, our knowledge into the world, <laughs> pouring the wisdom from the well. <laughs> I mean, on the intellectual <laughs> level, but I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> Astrology studies is like, wait, but those are waves. So how can you tell me it's a water? It's like, well, knowledge, you know, the mind, air, but in the form of water. Yeah, drinking from the well of knowledge. 
Um, but having that be, yeah, access, um, where is there, yeah, access. Yeah, I like that. And I think so just even within some of the practices, like the practicality and the practices of working with the lunar cycle is almost, you know, I was born on the waning side of, you know, between the full moon and the last quarter, the disseminating moon. Um, and so I think too, I'm interested in digestion. I'm interested in like, <laughs> how to process things. And I often will take my time of like slowly, like considering something, um, moving more slowly and something that I've just, you know, became a practice early on was like working with that last part, even like the days leading up to the new moon of this practice of like saying goodbye of like, what are all the things that, you know, whether it's like the small death, like practicing, even just like in yoga with Shavasana of like practicing being in a relationship with completely surrendering and letting go. And the lunar cycle gives us that opportunity in these little mini ways um, that I just bring up because when you think about Pluto and death as like the, you know, the bigness of it it's like to bring it down the lunar cycle gives us like such a more like a manageable um amount of time to work with the bigger the bigger themes yeah because i also think you know i think i can speak for western society really but particularly for the uk and i think for America too. It's like we have such an uncomfortable relationship with death. It's like we don't even want to let things go. We don't even want to let our emotions go, you know, <laughs> let alone anything more significant. And I think a lot of that is because we got we kind of like pushed aside rites of passage. And it's like those rites of passage, the gathering, the grieving together, the celebrating together, the witnessing of each other through through the growth and the decay and the passing, all of those things. It's like we've made it very sanitized. You know, in the olden days, you would like dress your dead and you would wash the dead and you would, you know, you would care for them and tend to them. And um, I remember when I used to go to an ashram. Um, the Swami in residence, she passed and we sang or chanted for 24 hours. I, I think I managed about four, but you know, there was always someone in attendance of her body as they chanted, as we chanted for 24 hours. And it's like, it just gave you a chance to sit with people and grieve rather than going, oh, you know, well, I think when my mum was, she was cremated and you were like, Oh, you've got you've got the service for like half an hour. Then the next people are in. You've got to get moving, and then the next, and then the next, and then you've got to get to where you're having the wake. And then it was it was just like oh, here, time, 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 time. But when you actually gave yourself time to be in that space, to be there for as long as you needed to be, chanting with the other people who were also processing that same grief and moving it through the body, was a completely different experience. And again, it's like as we <laughs> transit where we're transiting now, born for this time, people, um, <laughs> don't panic. Um, as like say, oh, true Brit today, stay calm and carry on, people. Um, it's like the more we can have the darkness and the surrendered energy and practice, like even with the breath, releasing the breath. How many people hold their breath when they get nervous instead of remembering to release, to exhale, to digest? <laughs> I mean, they don't take that advert with their digestive tablets um 
it's like a whole I I feel for what I speak personally and for a lot of my clients it's like you just process the world completely different the relationship is completely different to all of the things and like going back to your dad as a gardener it's like the composting is as important if not more important than the planting of the bulbs you know so that's the richness that's the nourishment that's the wisdom it's like some of my friends think it's really funny that i love getting old i'm like i love this i'm like 45 i'm like woohoo you know, when I was about 20, I thought 45 was like, you know, proper ancient. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't even started getting old yet. I'm so excited. My hair's getting greyer and I'm loving it. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be proper, proper grey. Because I think this is, it's a magical time. You know, it's like being, it's like being a teenager, but with wisdom. <laughs> when you said when you said your North Node was in Libra, I'm like, okay, then we're in the same, we're in the same age group, right? North Nodes give us that like classmate, classmate age group. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. A teenager with, with some wisdom. I know my teenager might say differently about, well, I don't know what they would say differently well, about. Well, they're supposed to, because that's why they're little teenagers. We're big teenagers now. And, you know, we're, having a certain you know type of different kind of freedom and finding ourselves and pushing about against the boundaries you know i was a geriatric mother i think it's a ridiculous term so you know a lot of people my age probably have their kids already left home mine's still very much at home um but it it still feels different i can see how i parent differently not better just differently because because i am older you know and not always wiser but there's there's just a a confidence about me that I just didn't have when I was 20. You know, there's a belief in myself and my intuition and my power and my ability to say yes and hold a boundary and not take any nonsense or, you know, get over it quicker when I do take some nonsense that just just hits differently. So I, I just love getting older. And I was like, it's going to get better and better. Now, of course, I want to still be able to touch my toes and be as active as I am. I don't want to be, <laughs> be old and not healthy, but I, I do love getting old. <laughs> Which I know, again, it's not particularly celebrated in our culture often. Yeah. yeah. No, I think there's so many. And even my teenager will see this and recognize this online. They're like, mom, there's kids my age doing these like anti-wrinkle, I don't know what things to their faces as teenagers. And I was like, what are they preoccupied about? Oh, my goodness. To you know, like not smiling because they don't want smile lines, and 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 thankfully, oh my, my yeah. teenager's like, can you believe that? Like, why would you not smile? Like, why would you not fully express yourself because of this fear of getting wrinkles? Like at that age, and I was like, oh man, what society have we created for them to come up with that? Like, like you say, when you look backwards, it's like, what have we left behind that that's what they're coming into? And it's like, okay, time to change. Come on, Aquarius and Pluto. We've got work to do. <laughs> Change that societal norms, please. In a nice, healthy, positive, inclusive way, though, not a terrifying, scary way. Oh, I love it. So I know your main work is with the moon. Are there any other, I know we've <laughs> spoken a lot about the planets and stuff. Are there any other kind of like celestial bodies, planets that you really kind of resonate with? Yeah, I, you know, the moon really led me to Venus, mm. um, that, that, that connection and that curiosity of like, how does the Venus cycle work? Like I, you know, 
many of the people listening, maybe you've seen the the pattern of Venus, um, like the five pointed star or the five petaled rose, this geometry. And so I was like, I really, and again, I could study and look at things and try to read about it, mm. but I didn't experience it in my body, then I couldn't get myself to sort of un- have an understanding. Um, and so it was the summer of Venus. Let's see, it was Venus retrograde in Gemini. So I think that was 2020. Um, and I never thought I'd be a person that would like refer to time as like when this planet was doing this. <laughs> That's a beautiful way to talk about time. So why not? Um that's when I started to really, really focus in on like, I am going to figure out a way to embody and feel like, what is the Venus cycle? How, you know, where is she going? And how does this orbit work? And so um, that led to more Venus studies. And it's amazing how the Venus cycle parallels the lunar cycle. Mm. I mean, the Venus cycle has a waxing time. And it has a waning time as the morning star and the evening star. And it's like this pendulum. Um, so that really, um, yeah, that has now come. That's, it's like the step beyond the moon for me then is moving towards Venus. Yeah. So how do you experience Venus? Like the moon has been very practical for you. Is the Venus energy still very practical? Does it have more of an emotional lilt to it? Does it more about like your relationship with yourself? And so I'm just thinking like, you know, Venus, self-love, beauty. Again, there's one of my favorite books actually is um, by John O'Donoghue and it's called Beauty. And it talks about the seasons and the cycles and how that's the beauty of it. So I'm like, oh yeah, the Venus with its, like you say, the 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 rose. I always like to look at it as a rose, <laughs> but yeah, it's like the five point star, however it is. It's like, how is that showing up in your life for you? Yeah, I mean, it's like the rose is Venus on Earth, and so that part of mm. part of beauty that's so magical. I mean, that's so like heart opening. And so I feel like that's the part of Venus is like what really opens your heart and that heart opening experience of love, whether it's love for like the rose opening that, you know, I'm thinking of this rose bush that's down the street from me on a walk that I go on. And I actually, I started praying the rosary. Um, My granny was Irish Catholic. My family actually mostly comes from England, Ireland, Um, but I got her rosaries after she passed and I didn't know how to pray the rosary. Like I didn't know any of these things. Mm. And now even this connection of Venus and the rosary of like, there's the five beads with the cross on the bottom makes this kind of like circle with the cross of that sign of spirit and matter that Venus, you know, the, the glyph of Venus. So even like praying the rosary is like, there's roses embedded in that there's like, love of the earth, the sort of pre-Christian, pre-church practices of offering flowers and roses mm-hmm. to earth, to trees, to like, um, whether it's nature spirits or like deities of energy in different forms. Um, so those things all kind of coincided. And yeah, I would say it's that like blossoming, like what helps our heart to actually blossom 
Um, and I do, you know, seeing beauty is one of those things. And like, actually, <laughs> you know, the beauty, even in the compost of like that sort of like that smell that was like of my childhood of like mm. the grass and the previous year's harvest and everything like breaking down, finding beauty in all those ways and then allowing it to be, you know, my question with all of it is like, how do I stay open? How do I stay open in a world that is so harsh, that is so like, there's so much to like feel the weight of? Um, how do I stay open? And I feel like Venus mm. helps to create that connection with the heart, with beauty, with love. Um, and even on the personal level of like the self-worth and value and like you said about the aging process of like, and I don't need to prove anything. Like I don't need to prove my value that I'm worth whatever, like not needing to prove and just being, I would say like being the miracle, like being the expression of the abundance of nature itself. Mm. Um, Venus. There's so, I mean, when I'm in the mode, so each, each time Venus makes a conjunction with the sun. So there's these two points, right? There's like a new moon point of Venus and like a full moon point of Venus, either in front of the sun with the retrograde or behind the sun. Um, and some people say behind the sun in the underworld. And it's like, well, it's behind the sun. It's almost like this exaltation of like this glorious, you know, fullness, just because we can't see Venus from earth, this like disappearing you know, it makes sense to layer on the story of Inanna and the story of like the underworld to that journey. Um, so I teach a, a course each time Venus is mm. conjunct because it makes this star point. So that's another way that I mark time, you know, that's a longer cycle. That's about, it's like a gestational cycle. It's every nine months. Yeah. So that's another rhythm. Um, and anyone's listening is invited. You're welcome to join me every time. It's funny. Like as I come upon the time to teach the course, I'm like, am I going to do it this year? And then someone, will, and someone will reach out and say like, are you going to teach the Venus course? And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do this. And then I'm always so happy. There's so much that comes through um, layers because it's not that it's complicated or complex. It's just very multi-layered. So it takes accessing sort of at different points and layers and then going deeper. Yeah. yeah. So I loved how you were talking about like Venus coming from the heart. And it's like, you know, even like when you were talking about it, the whole energy was like very soft. And it was mm -hmm. like that, that, that blooming, it was like an opening. Um, when you think about the moon, do you associate that with Maybe body part is the wrong kind of terminology, but like, where do you kind of experience the moon? I mean, when I like experiencing the moon and like the orbits, often mm. hips. I can like, say I, I saw you swinging your hips earlier, and I was like, "That's that's what she's doing." <laughs> like, woo. like how to feel that fluidity to move through change, you mm. know, really connected with the moon. And I still need this and maybe I'll need this like the rest of my life is like how to not get stuck, not get stuck mm. in a space and to see like, okay, the moon is moving. And so if I'm orbiting, 
And yeah, if like our hips are stuck or tense or rigid or this like holding on, then it's harder to move through all of the life's experiences. Um, and Gee, I know that's, that's, sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say that usually the moon is, you know, astrologically like associated with the sign of cancer and um, like in medical astrology with the breasts. Mm. I think that's another, that's another layer to it because of like, the nourishment and the milk and the like the yeah the first like meal <laughs> um that like in that cancerian lunar way like providing nourishment um so but i you know and that's it's a it's again we can look and see what like the right way of, oh, the moon is, you know, the different body parts that each of the um, planets are associated with. But I do feel like the hips of like that orbiting, swinging in circles, the like, mm. that kind of movement. Yeah, because what, what I was going to say is like, if you think about what affects a great number of people as they get older, they get stiff they get rigid, they get arthritis. And, you know, maybe it's a coincidence, <laughs> but we start to slow down. We, you know, there is something that can happen in the brain when people get to a certain age and they start to become rigid of the mind too. And you see that as people get almost quite rude. <laughs> I mean, it's like zero filters and not just from like a confidence in themselves but just from a you know sometimes quite inappropriate thing <laughs> way but it's like they slow down and i always think of the hips as that's as like something that stabilizes us between heaven and earth they're like the middle of our bodies that connecting us down but also up and so yeah i like that idea but of course as always the right place to experience this is where you experience it but i do like the idea of moving it away from being like the mother energy into like, I don't know, just like that undulating change energy. Because like I said, I have a lot of like cancer rising, cancer first house, cancer moon. There's like, hello, hello moon energy. But I never wanted to be a mum. It was never on my checklist. I thought I was the poster child for never wanting to have a child. And so when people are like, oh, you must be such a good mother. And I'm like, I don't, I've never even held a child. My little boy was the second child I'd ever held. And now, of course, I, you know, I didn't think I'd ever be able to get pregnant because I was like, thought I'd shut all of that down energetically. But when I did get pregnant, I was delighted. Like, oh my God, of course I wouldn't change anything. But like I say, I was a geriatric mother. Took me a long time to get there um, <laughs> to decide that, okay, I will change my entire identity of my whole life. But that whole cancer and the mother energy, I was just like, no, no, maybe a crab for sure. But <laughs> definitely not the, definitely not the mother energy until someone said to me, yeah, but you hold phenomenal space. And I was like, oh yeah, I can, that's, that's, I can accept that part. So yeah, even like the hips in that space is like, there's something about that that really resonates, but you know, maybe someone else feels it in their elbow and that's perfectly okay too. But yeah, away, away from that kind of like archetypal mother energy, I think, and more into space holding, protecting, protecting your people. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, in just in moon signs, in coming to like embrace and understand my own moon sign. I think that's part of the development too, is like seeing an identity as a sun sign, which I never identified with because of how Capricorn is written about, you know, being mm. a disorder, maybe 
how just pop astrology is like, yeah, it's the system, it's the patriarchy, it's like, it's all these things and all these structures. And I'm like, okay, well, how is it that my work is like taking the structure of this calendar that's been imposed that doesn't reference nature Mm. to create a, a place in a structure that is, you know, as old as time, but to have that in, you know, in a form that can be like, it's interactive that, that yeah. is part of daily life. And my moon sign is in Virgo. And so it's very precise. And <laughs> it's a nice little habit and a system there. Yeah. <laughs> they might not fully see or know that lunar part because of it being not hidden in the shadows, but it's just like the interior. And I think that's why too with cancer is the home. It's like those interior spaces of like, do you get invited into the inside, into the interior? Um, yeah. And Virgo energy, it can be just like, what are the ways that we can be so hard on ourselves and like seeing the faults or seeing where somebody, something doesn't quite like reach the standard you know? Yeah. So maybe even in myself, I rebelled against that of like, well, if I can't be perfect, then I'm just not even going to try because it's not possible. Um, but yeah, my husband who's Virgo rising, um, bless him helped translate. I was like, here's my vision. Here's my idea. Can you help me make this into this digital form? Um, where I was like, I can make a watercolor. I can like draw it with a pen. <laughs> <laughs> something that's precise, like something that's like gives this backdrop of like here's something precise, and then your own everyone's own messy life can be however you know go inside of that. Um, and he's like exact to the millimeter. Yeah, and I have I have one of those too. Like Virgo, Virgo, Virgo is mine, and I don't have any Virgo in my chart. I'm just like Ooh, planning. What's what's a to do list? Um, but you know he has systems for his systems, and I'm like go you. But we need. I'm like. That's yeah. really helpful. Teach me. Teach me how to be a bit more planned rather than like I said, like yesterday I had an idea today, I created it tomorrow, I launch it. And I'm like, that's not really how, you know, we're taught to do things. But I'm like, oh, it's great fun. I feel inspired. Let's go. <laughs> I was my partner bit. Okay, let's just plan it for about you know, three months. Then get a plan for a plan. And I'm like, oh, no, I've lost, I've lost the will by then. <laughs> I mean, so when you know your own energy, you're like, you get to ride that energy. Yeah, yeah. Get, All right. The energy's here. Work with it because we know in the shifting cycles, like next week, it's going to be different. Yeah. Next week, I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> but right now, <laughs> let's go. So what's coming up next for you then? Obviously, you've got um, the moon calendars. You've got your Venus class. Obviously, all the links will be in the show notes for everyone. What is there anything percolating or anything that's kind of like peaking your interest in the future? No, there's there's things that have been on the back burner that some of them are coming forward. Um, one of them is actually designing a harvest cycle planner of how to do, I know. So maybe we can talk later, like, uh, uh, <laughs> because I'm like, for those of us who know that it's okay, it's, it's good to have a plan. Things will happen, exactly. Like things will happen serendipitously. There'll be synchronicities, but also having a plan 
help sometimes um, because I've moved away from more traditional planners and I work with the lunar calendar. Mm. I really use it for planning because it's that inner landscape. I'll reference it. Like it's this reference point. Um, so there's that. I'm working on the artwork for next year's, the lunar wall calendar. Um, and so that's a creative project. And again, I'm like, okay, when the energy's there, when it's not there, like if it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that it's like, it's sometimes it's hard to plan for, to know. Mm. And I know what I don't want to like push something or force something. So finding that sweet spot, but then not quite knowing, I can't just write it on the calendar. Okay, paint, do your paint, you yeah. know, do the April 2nd. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's one of the beautiful things actually with working with it is that you get to trust that the energy would always return. I, I know that a lot of people, they're like, but I can't rest because oh, I need to sleep for five years. And they're, they're afraid to actually stop and surrender to that rest because they're like, but what if, what if it doesn't come back? And it's like, it always comes back. You know, sometimes it's a couple of days. I mean, I've had a period where it's been like, you know, luckily I have my own business so I can make it work for me. But my energy's like checked out for like three weeks before. And I'm like, what's going on here? This is very unusual. And then vroom, off it goes. And I also know that if I try and force myself to do something when the energy or the inspiration just isn't there, it's just wasting my time. And I just get annoyed with myself because I end up feeling resentful, frustrated, annoyed that I just didn't rest when I can actually do so much more work in the right energy that I'm like, how did I do that in two hours? <laughs> you know, before it would have taken me like three weeks to try and pull it together. So yeah, there's a, there's a great level of trust there, I think, isn't there? And, you know, I work for myself so I can manage my own energies that way, but I still have a lot of things and a lot of people that rely on me to show up at particular times. So it is still about, you know, managing that as well as like that creative aspect too. Yeah. But like you say, he's like the deadline's coming up for the, the printer It's like trusting that, you know, that energy is going to come in <laughs> and it always has done, hasn't it? So it's yeah so there is one more thing that's um I was like well what if because of that that kind of like when there are deadlines where it's like this needs to be printed mm. because it's a calendar and it expires and so it actually how to work with that in a way that's not causing stress and trusting the process it's I realize now I've chosen this work that becomes this like spiritual work because it's working on all levels and mm. so much trust and uh, yeah, all of that. Um, so I'm kind of playing with the idea of, of having an undated calendar, like an undated version, which I did like a like a demo. Um, oh, nice. Of, you know, I've I've kind of floated the idea around, and um, a number of people who love the calendar, like, well, what I love about it is the dates are already in it. I think mm. if the weren't there, I might be a little less likely. I'm like, okay, I get that, um, but I'm thinking just you know, there's been a number of practitioners and other teachers and facilitators who want to sort of either have a program or work with their clients yeah. calendar. And I think it might be useful to have something that you could start at any point and just, and fill in the days. Yeah. Um, and so I'm playing, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm playing with that. Um, as well wow it's really raining here i mean it was glorious blue sky sunshine and this is glorious rain but as i said it was soggy already and now 
I know. I stand in my garden and I start sinking. It's just like quagmire or clay and it's just like whoa and the dog comes like running in from the garden just skittles straight across the kitchen floor like i'm like oh no <laughs> that's mud everywhere but yeah well and i'm you know with with all of the work i'm like how you know i think the moon really was speaking to a lot of the people a lot of people around the time that i was like okay i want to i i can't i don't see what i want out in the world because again mm-hmm. I was like somebody had already created a calendar and journal like this one I was like okay good I don't have to make this but I didn't yeah. see it. I wanted it for just my own personal practice and then I was like oh other people want this too okay so I guess I'm building a business now to sustain this work and you know to um to print it and ship it and, and do all those things but just thinking like yeah how because it'll never be an app. And I know there's moon apps. I just mm. think the paper and pencil, like it's so important for our brains and our body. Like there's an integration that happens when we actually write with our hands. Um, that is not the same when we're just touching things with a finger. Um, to even have one for, for young people. I like a youth version. Um, to... <laughs> to have this sense of, and this way of living and way of being that doesn't take like finding out later in life and then wishing, Oh, I wish I knew that when I was younger because then things wouldn't have been so chaotic or am I coming or am I going? Or, yeah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're fairly similar. It's like my little boy's eight. He's going to be very, very soon going to be nine. And it's like, I get to witness him be all of him it's like I know what his birth chart is up to and not that it's not about forcing it upon him but when I look back and I'm like that's the kind of parenting that he needs that's you know that's how he needs to feel safe this is how he kind of learns the best and and not not using the astrology or anything like that as like oh this is the template it has to be done like this but just observing the two growing together and just going this is amazing I my little Aries baby that he is. I'm like, mm-hmm, Mr. Hothead. Um, <laughs> you know, but a Taurus moon. So he likes the nice things and he loves cuddles. And, you know, and it's just like just being able to even be witness to that. You can just see how that's evolving and how in a traditional, had you been me <laughs> with my family, it's like none of that would have really been nurtured or mm-hmm. like indulged almost. And it's just like, it's just amazing to be able to support people, communities, children, your, even your own relationships, to have that understanding of how someone else is viewing the world through their very unique lens, I just think is a is a magical gift we can give each other. You know, like my ultra planning husband, and I don't don't get it. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you're writing a list? Just do it. <laughs> what do you mean you're putting on the list? You're putting on a list to change the light bulb. You could have changed the light bulb by the time you've added it to your list is how my head works. I'm like, give me the bloody light bulb. <laughs> I'll do it myself. But I'm like, no, no, no. That's just how he likes to do it. And that's fine. If I want that support, that's he can do it that way. If I want it done my way, then I can do it myself. So yeah. <laughs> it does I think it gives us tolerance, but or not tolerance, sorry, um, an understanding. Yeah. The appreciation of here's mm. this other okay, this is calming for your nervous system. Yeah. It is like perhaps stifling for, you know, I'm like, give me the spontaneity. I don't know what, what, you know, 
if we show up in a new place, I'm like, I don't need to know where I'm going to stay. Like that's part mm. of the adventure. Like I want to find that. I want to discover that. And, and I didn't quite realize that it's, that's very unsettling to other people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cause we see the world through our own eyes, don't we? And until we learn about other things or have that kind of compassion, you're like, Oh, hang on a minute. That's why you kind of use that language or that's why you do what you do. And that's why you're amazing. And that's why I'm amazing because we are ourselves and not trying to be anything else. So, yeah, I love it. So, April, where can people find you? Mm. Obviously, all of this will be in the show notes, but for those keen people that are just like, oh, tell me, tell me. Well, there's some days that I wish I was anonymous and there was no trace or trail of me on the internet, but you can pretty much look up The Moon is My Calendar and find lots of different things. So the website is themoonismycalendar.com. Um, which I remember running that name by my husband and he was like, that's too long. That's, and I was like, no, but it's like a, it's an affirmation. I want people mm. to say, like when they say the moon is my calendar there, you're actually saying an affirmation and like yeah. reinforcing that knowing. So the moon is my calendar.com um, on Instagram. And again, I ebb and flow as much as I know, like, Oh, it's so important to be consistent and post this many times. I'm like, well, I have something to say. To you. <laughs> oh, right? Where is that imposed from? I'm like, yeah. I have something to say today, so I will say that. But yeah, the moon is the moon is my calendar on Instagram. I it is a creative outlet, I think, in many ways. Um, I post there, and then it goes straight to Facebook too. So those two things, of course, are connected. Um, there's a Vimeo channel where there's a lot of random videos from many years. I've been teaching online for like six years. There's 69, actually. I had a peak today. 69 oh videos on your video. So what you don't see are all of the the hidden locked ones. There's over yeah. five. Oh, there's 500. <laughs> well, there's 69 for viewing public. <laughs> to sink your teeth into. Yeah. Um, and then, oh yeah. And then I have a podcast that just, it just finished its first season. Between um, the moon? Between the moon. Yeah. So there's 11 episodes of the first season. And just today I started feeling like hmm, maybe I'll put together another season. Yeah. So we shall, we should see about that. And fantastic. Yeah. Um, that would be. That would and be wonderful. all of that will be in the show notes people. So you just scroll down and click all the links and the Venus, you still have some calendars available here in the UK, assuming elsewhere, but the Venus cycle is likely to be the next class you're running. So we'll we'll link to that too. Yeah, which I should I not that I should do anything, but that's it's in the summer, Venus retrograde in Leo. So look at your chart, see where Leo mm. is, Venus retrograde there. And um I'll put up I'll put up the like join the wait list. Yeah. So just yeah because that's um yeah it's that is a fun class and there's always again sometimes I I get in the mood like this Friday I'm going to teach just a one like a one-time workshop but that'll probably also come back around so yeah fantastic well I loved chatting all things season cycles and moon gosh keep going um, <laughs> But thank you so much. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Good luck with everything that you're doing. And like I say, we'll put everything in the show notes for people to come and check out all of your glorious goodness. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rebecca.